0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inspiring Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Pursue Limited, coaching specialists with a mission to revolutionise professional development across the global education sector by harnessing the power and the potential of coaching. My name is Nicholas Mackay, Professional Certified Coach and Director of Pursue, and I'll be your host as we aim to bring you some of the best thinking in education and beyond, gaining insights into inspiring leadership. In this series, we are proud to once again be in partnership with Independent School Management Plus and International School Magazine, the leading authority and voice for professionals in independent and international education worldwide. And if you'd like to watch the video of today's podcast, please head over to schoolmanagementplus.com. So let's get on with today's episode in which we turn our sights to paddleboarding and I'd love to welcome today um, David Hayes also known as Nomadic Paddler and he's a former prisoner turned seven times world record holding stand-up paddleboarding adventurer. He has transformed his life through paddleboarding and his tool for growth and change has been his is adventures, I suppose, in encouraging more people to reconnect with themselves through adventure by taking that small step out of their comfort zone and proving that we are all much more than our pasts and mistakes. David, thank you so much for joining me today from sunny Bournemouth in the UK.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat.
0: Fantastic. And, and I feel very bad, actually, David, because it's a lovely sunny day. You're a paddle paddleboard. I suppose you're into surfing as well, are you?
1: Yeah, I do. I do love surfing, like... It's not too bad. It's not too good today, but water is lovely and calm out there. um So I might have to have a cheeky paddle after this.
0: There you are. You see, and you're inside doing a podcast. So apologies for that, David. But really looking forward to unpicking some of your your journey. So if we start off with what you're currently doing, so you are seven times world record holder, stand up paddleboard um, stand up paddleboard adventurer. So maybe just take us a little bit about what you're currently doing.
1: Yeah. So. For me, as you sort of briefly said in the intro that paddleboarding and adventure has been my tool for growth. It's my tool for change. And I suppose ultimately my tool for rehabilitation. Um, And what I love about doing these endurance events is I love to push myself, you know, past my boundaries, get to my absolute low. And sort of stripping everything back and learning who I am. Um, As we said there, you know, I have been to prison. And one, a model I came up with whilst I was inside was through Adventure We Live. And I try to live by that every day. But also whilst I was inside, I realised how broken our system is in the UK. So I work as a consultant for the criminal justice system as well. And I use my adventures as a platform to highlight the importance of reform and rehabilitation, show others that our past mistakes don't define who we are, try and change perspectives on people like myself, but ultimately... Try and get more people to reconnect themselves through adventure like like I'm doing right now.
0: Okay, so there's, I suppose there's lots to unpick there, David. So, it, yeah. you know, it, if we start off with your paddleboarding, and say, you know, what got you into that?
1: So, you know, I've lived in Bournemouth for most of my life. I've always I've always loved adventure. I've always loved water. Growing up, I was a national champion sailor. I used to surf at my university. But the days like today where it's just flat. I happened just to see somebody walk, uh, sort of walking on water, paddling on water, <laughs> but it looked like he was walking on water. <laughs> so, I, so I took to the paddleboard, and I just love the extra sense of freedom that it brings. You can go anywhere. I've got pool harbour around the corner. There's five islands in there, second biggest natural harbour in the world, and you should go and explore anywhere, all these private beaches, and that's what I just love. I just love being out there alone and connecting with myself.
0: And in terms of the stand up paddle boarding, for those people maybe who, who are not uh, as, maybe as informed as you are on this, just give us a little bit of an insight into what exactly is it?
1: So, the best way, if you can imagine a surfboard, just yeah. imagine sort of a longer, wider surfboard. You stand up and you have a pedal to paddle to propel yourself along and sort of move through the water.
0: Okay. And in terms of those technology, is it literally just like a plank of wood, David, that you just sort of stand on effectively and just paddle yourself around? Or is there something a little bit more sort of nuanced about it all?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where it originally started. It was a plank of wood. Um, I think, actually, it was Captain is it Thomas James Cook? Thomas Cook, who was in Hawaii, and discovered the Hawaiians were doing it. And that's the earliest form of surfing. But now, uh, technology's moved a long time since then. Um, and it's, you know, you get inflatables, you get rigid ones, which are made out of fiberglass. I've got, you know, a mixture of all. And then you can have bamboo um, paddles and fiberglass paddles, plastic paddles. There's, you know... Technology's moving along so quickly, it's, you know, so so great. And it is the fastest growing sport in the world. So obviously the technology is, is catching up. Yeah, technology is going with that pace as well.
0: So what do you think makes it the fastest growing sport in the world? You
1: know, the, I think there's still so much more you can do with paddleboarding, like the exploration and adventure side. We haven't hit the peak of it yet. And I think the pandemic, those lockdowns really helped the sport, those stay, staycations. I mean, I remember sort of coming around the corner, down to Sandbanks, near where I live, and I can just see all these paddleboarders out in the water. It's amazing to see all these people taking to the sport that's changed my life and absolutely love. Um, but I remember I was released from prison on 20th of April, 2020. So that was right in the middle of lockdown. And I couldn't go paddleboarding. i have been itching for like two years, eight months to get in the water. And that morning, Boris Johnson said, we can go back in the water. I was the first person down in Port Harbour only body out for a few hours i was just going around and i just loved that yeah i just loved being out in the sunshine and that's when i knew as well that the old me was back again
0: and You us talk about the the old you so you know take us through you know what is what was the old you
1: yeah so growing up i, I loved adventure i loved you know i loved sports loved all that and i moved to london um and i became a forex trader and suddenly i came so so obsessed with money and i i thought money was your and i was earning some really good money at the time but i just lost touch of who i was i didn't know who i was anymore and i ended up losing my job i was too proud to go and ask for help um i kept up this facade that i was still earning money i ended up turning to crime um which ultimately ended up leading me to go in prison um and sort of just sitting in that prison cell not really knowing who i was anymore i sort of made that vow to, go on this journey of self-discovery to understand who I am and just, yeah, just learn who I am again and sort of reconnect with myself, which I'm still doing to this day.
0: So it sounds like you place a lot of uh, importance on that adventure, I suppose. And is it fair to say that you kind of lost a bit of adventure when you and in your previous life of working and earning lots of money?
1: Yeah, completely lost adventure. Didn't really go to the gym anymore, not sport. I was too focused on going out. And then when I lost my job, I ended up turning to, you know cocaine i end up trying to gambling as a 4th month way to earn money but you're never going to earn money you're like gambling i just learned that the hard way but as i sort of briefly said right at the start when i undertake these adventures i always learn something about myself i learn new coping mechanisms that i can take off the water so for instance back in september i set the new world record on the river thames I hadn't slept for 38 hours. I was paddling. It must have been about three in the morning. I was shattered. And I remember pulling my board out of the water and I nearly snapped the fin. Nobody was around. It was freezing cold. And I was thinking, if I just snap this fin right now, nobody's going to know. And I can go back into the world when everyone's awake and gone, unfortunately, I snapped the fin. I had to give up. And that was the point that I realized that my thinking's completely changed. I sort of squashed up, took a step back. I was like, that's how I used to think. That's what got me into trouble. I always used to look for the easy way out. It's all about those positive solutions now. And I managed to, well, I sort of took a step back, looked at myself like, you know, there's still a bit of gas in the tank. I can still go. I can have a rest if I need to rest, refuel and I went on and I beat the world record by 10 hours. But the proudest moment, it wasn't that beating the world record. It was squashing that thinking that used to get me into trouble. And that's sort of another part of me that I knew I'd changed. And that's why I undertake these adventures.
0: I suppose it's interesting to say about squashing that bit of you that maybe you wanted to leave behind. So I suppose going forward, how do you ensure that you continue to do that, David?
1: Yes, I mean I've done adventures since, and there's other things that have come up. And again, I you know, these, I suppose these little demons inside me are niggling away, and I can grab them and I recognize them. I think that's part, and I think I know that I now have developed this growth mindset. So if I do come across any difficulties, any challenges in the real world, I know I've faced these challenges on the water i've had these demons niggling away and i've managed to squash them so it's just reverting back to that thinking when i was that low point on the water i'm just thinking how did i do what did i do to get around that and then just bring it into my everyday life and again just squash it
0: i suppose it's a little bit about that self-awareness piece isn't it david in terms of recognizing when that happens and said reframing it as you said
1: it is it is i suppose it is self-awareness i suppose it's like a so it's being mindful of everything that's going on and sort of living in that moment as well and just sort of recognizing your thoughts um which you know i think a lot of people don't tend to do and i think if you just take a step back and just connect with your thoughts let your thoughts be then it's amazing what you can actually achieve
0: and in terms of your, your world records you got seven yes right? that's a bit, it's a bit greedy dave isn't it <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Most paddleboarding world records held by one
0: person. <laughs> so, are you going to be? And when I was, when I kind of set this up with you because I was really intrigued by your story. I was thinking world records. I mean, I used to love at Christmas getting the, the Guinness Book of Records. It's one of those yeah. things, you know. I used to flick through when I was a, a young lad, looking at all these different things. So, are you are you in the Guinness Book of Records as having all these records? Or?
1: Not yet. So. They, they, sort of, they, Not everybody at the Guinness World Record will go into the Guinness Book. They pick right. and choose. But I've got a, a new challenge coming up, which I launch in May, which I'm hoping will get me in the book. So the plan is to attempt 33 world records on 33 lakes across Europe in 66 days. Um, so I'm hoping that might get me in the book. I'm not so going to stop until I'm in that book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose in, in terms of the world records that you currently have, what are they? What are the seven? So the first
1: one is, so the first four, which I came up with actually in prison, uh, which kept me going, it was just paddleboard the four longest lakes in the UK in four consecutive days. And I came up with this idea to give me sort of drive and purpose whilst I was in prison. I remember telling the people around me that I've got this idea to paddle these four longest lakes and they used to shut me down. It's like you're a prison number, you know, and you'll always be a prison number. And I thought in that moment, that's when I realised that I'm much more than my past, I'm much more than my stakes. Yes, you know, I have been to prison, but this isn't my defining moment in life. So I had this real fire in me to go out and when I could to go and paddleboard the four longest lakes, the sort of one in Scotland, England, Northern Ireland and in Wales. I then, because I didn't re- re- reach my target for charity, the money I was trying to raise, I sort of made a vow if people couldn't help me that i will go and paddleboard the River Thames, which I did. I then thought, well, why, I've done the four longest lakes in four countries. Why don't we try and do the longest lake in every country in the world? So I went off to Southern Ireland. I've then done that. I was then offered to go to Loch Ness, which I did two weeks ago. And then I'm going to go across Europe in a couple of, or yeah, months, just over a month's time and attempt 33 lakes. And it'd be great to then go into Asia, into Australasia, Africa, North America, South America, and attempt the longest lake in every country in the world if possible.
0: So in terms of how long it takes to do these, so give us a sense. Say you're you're doing, I don't know, one of the ones in Scotland. How long would that take?
1: Yeah, so the the first one I did was 42 kilometres. That took me five five hours, 20 minutes. Um, And then the River Thames, that's 208 kilometres, took me 44 hours. Um, And I slept for two hours, I think, in that. So, um but so i mean did you
0: sleep on the on the on the board
1: <laughs> no no so i pulled over so i had a team on the water right it's part of the guinness world record you have the witness statements when you start witness statements when you finish and if you come off the water you need witness statements so i had somebody sort of meet me i just slept two hours right by the river and I got back on and then i went and then yeah got the world record which is awesome
0: so after that you may, your legs must be like jelly aren't they
1: yeah, I was. It was funny enough. I lost four fingernails because of that. It's like a marathon runner. You know when people run marathons and ultramarathons they lose toenails. Uh, where I've got the grip is so hard on my paddle, I ended up losing four four nails.
0: I suppose with those with those world records that you've got and David, what's the kind of main challenge for you in terms of I don't know getting them all?
1: It's just not giving up. It's just preparing myself and doing. It. And what I mean when I come up with these challenges it just gives me so much drive it gives me so much focus and I think it's found my purpose in life and then it's great to be able to talk about it like I'm doing now and sort of share my message um, about reform about the rehabilitation and hopefully try and help others as well I mean it doesn't have to be people that have had a brush with crying or your children that are sort of going down the wrong path I'm um, hopefully some people might take something from my message Especially about realizing that you know your mistakes don't define who you are, your past don't define who you are. I think what I've come to realize is like I'm the only person in control of my life. Nobody else controls my destiny. So it's all about how I handle that, and it's sort of taken me a really long time. Like you know, you don't need to go and impress people. You don't need to do that. That's what I was doing in London. Like I love adventure. I love going out there, and yeah, and it's completely changed my life.
0: So in terms of like, I suppose, delving into a little bit of your past in terms of prison, you know, what did you go to prison for? Uh, I went there for burglary. Okay. And yeah. you mentioned the, the, the gambling there as well, you mentioned previously. Is that, is that linked?
1: Yeah. So basically what happened, I said I lost my job and I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how to sort of deal with failure. I mean, I went to boarding school and boarding school was an amazing place to give me opportunities. And I took those opportunities, and I embraced them. But where you live this sheltered life, boarding school, and never gave me the tools on how to deal with failure. So when I came out and I was living in London, um, the first failure came came up and I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't, I've never really had support from my family as much. They've always been there, but I've never relied on my family. So I didn't know where to turn. I ended up turning to gambling. Um, I moved some stolen goods, which I, um, yeah which ended up getting me in trouble and i was told i was going to jail i was going to jail i was going to jail and then when the time came for me to go to court i just disappeared for five weeks i vanished off the face of the earth because i sort of exposed i had a mental breakdown i didn't know what to do i didn't tell anybody and in those five weeks i ended up turning to the burglaries and um, which then got me my prison sentence
0: and how long were you in prison for
1: um so I've done two sentences which will go into the moment so in total the first one was three years I did a year and a half um and whilst I was serving my first prison sentence I was so focused again on getting back out there earning money not trying to learn who I was so I got released from prison I started my own business all went really well got into a relationship which then turned quite toxic still not getting a handle on my mental health I ended up Spending all my company's money, I was to turn back to the drugs, debt collectors at the door, and fortunately, I went back to the burglary. And then got my second prison sentence, which was a lot longer this time, five years, four months. And I was just thinking to myself, like, why? You know, I haven't dealt the worst cards in life, I haven't been dealt the best cards in life, but why am I here? Well, how has this happened? So I sort of had to learn about who I was. And one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life, but probably one of the one of the bravest things you can do as well it's just i ask for help such a simple little thing to do ask for help and asking for that help has completely changed my life and i still utilize all the support i have my family my friends i'm honest with people now which is something i didn't used to do and it's completely changed my outlook at life my my life experience and everything i'm doing
0: so who did you ask for help david
1: just like anyone that's around me. So the one of the main people that helped me was a woman called Dr. Sarah Lewis, who I met inside. So she is a criminologist. She's going over to Scandinavia and just see how those prisons in Scandinavia have changed. So like, all changed the, the criminal justice systems. Their reoffending offending rate is so low. So she's trying to take their model, bring it over to the prison I was in. And I could see the difference that she was making. I just knew I had to get involved with her. When I first met her, one of the things strangest things happened to me which doesn't happen in prison is she spoke to me as an individual she saw me as a human being and somebody unique as she sees everybody is different and unique and that just completely changed you know suddenly I saw hope I knew that it was change was possible I knew growth was possible and I still work with her I've been out for two years and I work with her to this day she's my boss absolutely lover and yeah she's just it's amazing to see what she's doing and the difference she's making.
0: So what was it about her approach that really, I suppose, appealed to you and, and, and hooked you in?
1: Just the fact she was sort of making a difference. I could see how broken the system is. Like wow. I started slowly, I was coming out of this dark hole that I was in. And it was just her approach and just a love for life and love for people and seeing everybody as different. We all have our own problems. Some people don't handle them so well. Some people do handle them well, but she just she just didn't see that and the difference in people and she treated everybody as unique and special it's like there was in, for instance there was somebody that's been in and out jail like for his whole life but nobody's ever just seen him as a unique person his whole life that he's been told he's dirt he's trouble so that's how he sees himself and the moment that sarah's come along treated this guy as just a unique person seeing the skills and the good in him, suddenly he realises, actually, I do have potential in me. Mean, I can change. I can go on to do good things. And that's what I wanted to get involved I wanted to get involved with power and try and give something back and try and make a difference.
0: I suppose in terms of giving something back, you know, how's that maybe impacted some of the things that you're currently doing?
1: A hundred percent, I think, really has. I mean, I want to give back. I want to help. As I said, like, there isn't much help and support in this system. And, you know, I think that I... I'm, I'm, I'm sort of person that can sort of help and sit down with the, you know with people and help make a difference. Like when I was inside, you know, I because I am educated, I can read and write. I used to write letters for people that can't. I used to help guys write the menus, help them their maths and English, and try and make a difference with these guys inside. And you know, I'm going, and now I'm outside as a free man. I'm given more opportunity to try and help people inside, but not just that as well. Sort of kids, sort of disadvantaged kids, kids that struggle mainstream education or come from broken families i've started doing some work for them as well because i think they need a lot of focus as well to to try and stay on the right track and not go down the path that i've gone down
0: it's a really interesting one that and i suppose what i'm curious about as well dave is you mentioned about adventure i think i've, I've read something or heard you talk about through adventure we live is one, yeah. of, your, one of the things that like, you know you you one of your mottos maybe so in terms of maybe engaging people instead you know putting something back how how, how does that kind of live true
1: so what so say it again
0: so I suppose through adventure we live you know yeah how does adventure i suppose impact some of the people that you're talking to now in terms of people trying to sort of i don't know turn the leaf or, or develop themselves
1: i suppose adventure anything can be classed as adventure. So i think it's just trying trying new things especially within the criminal justice system i think these people that are in our prison they're stuck in a rut there's not you know they haven't tried new things to try and get them out of the rut. so i think that's i suppose part of an adventure in life um and i think it's just trying new things getting out of your comfort zone doing something that can help you grow and change and i think that's something that i'm quite big about is trying to get people to grow change from your old ways like for me you know adventure is what's helped me change and you can take it the way any way you want i mean I mean, for instance, people might watch me and do all these endurance events. It's like you don't have to do an endurance event to, to have an adventure. It's just about reconnecting with yourself and understanding who you are again. And that's what it does for me. It's all about understanding. And that's what I'm trying to get more people to do is just connect themselves, understand who they are, grow, change, and hopefully make a little bit of difference in their own life.
0: It's an interesting one, comfort zones, isn't it? Because I suppose everyone's got their own unique ways of doing things you know change is uncomfortable sometimes so i suppose Hmm. you know what advice would you give to someone who's looking to you know going maybe go stretch themselves outside of their comfort zone you know any tips that you could potentially impart
1: yeah i think the first thing is just realizing that you want to change or you want to grow just realizing that something isn't quite sitting right in your life and then just taking those small steps. I mean again, if it is like just being outdoors, you know, it doesn't have to be paddleboarding the longest lakes or rivers it can be going, just go camping for a weekend. But I think one of the main things is you just got to notice that something has to change your life. So a little bit of difference is to be made. And again, you know, as I said, it sounds scary, but it is brave. If you need the help, then just just go and ask for help. And it will completely change your
0: life. So, I mean, I, I find this, this stuff really inspiring. You know, you, you went through a bit of a hard time. You, you know, you took some responsibility for that, got yourself back on your on your feet. Uh, and now you're looking at these world records. I suppose you've got all these 33 places to go across Europe, like you said, and all these world records. I suppose, you know, when does it end, David?
1: <laughs> you know, I would love to just continue doing things like this. You know, I've got some speaking arrangements coming up. Um and to sort of share my message and help i do some workshops with people um, i'm taking some kids out paddleboarding that's what i would love to do you know I, to continue doing the work i do the criminal justice freelancing but with the europe thing we're, we're making a documentary around my journey as well which we want to try and get out there um, and keep just doing that keep spreading my message as much as i can and if i can keep paddleboarding then yeah that would be great and just teaching as i go along
0: it's a great thing. My my father lives on the Norfolk coast and all the way through the year actually there's people of all ages paddleboarding. you know, you, you got the kids on the Saturday morning all coming to learn how to surf or to paddleboard, then you've got, you know, a bit more experienced people. They look like they're miles offshore near near a wind farm somewhere, you know. Um, and I suppose it just appealed to all sorts and different levels, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there is. There are so many different disciplines of paddleboarding. There is just you you're basic, you know, you go down to Bournemouth Beach, you hire a paddleboard, you go around for a half hour, you come in or you can go exploring, you can go touring, you can race, you can surf. There are so much different things. And part of the thing I do as well is just showing how accessible it is. You know, some of these lakes that I go to are very random, but there's so many different types of boards now, especially the inflatables you can just put on your back and you can go for, go for a trek and just go paddleboarding. And that's what, that's what I just love, how accessible this sport is.
0: You see quite a lot, cause I suppose, with these staycations of people doing these inflatable ones. I mean, are, are they pretty robust, those inflatable stand-up paddleboards?
1: Yes. I, I don't know if you... Said, you can get rib boats, which like the inflatable boats, yeah. um, and just, the material is so, so tough. So, rough. I mean, you can run run them over in your car, um, which all the paddleboard companies love to show, um, and it won't burst or anything. But, yeah, they're really good. You can have your kids jumping on them, and, um, yeah, they're perfect. But if you're going to go paddleboarding... I would always highly recommend to have at least one lesson before you go out, just so you know the equipment and all of that. Um, you know, quick one-hour lesson, get your standing, and then go off and go and explore.
0: Is there a stand-up paddleboarding association, is there?
1: Yes, there's a British stand-up paddleboarding association. Um, there's another one, which I can't remember the name of, but I'm part of the, the Beast Supper. Um, I'm also an instructor as well, so I teach through that, um, which is great.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, David. I mean, we've had a you know great conversation about, you know, how you've got to where you've got to the world record up paddle boarding. And I think for, for me, it's this maybe this idea of getting out your comfort zone, the adventure thing. I, I don't know, that kind of sticks with me a, a little bit in terms of, <clears throat> I don't know, going back and challenging yourself to, to things that maybe you think are possible. Uh, rather than staying in your comfort zone. And I think that's, that's maybe more relevant now than, especially coming out of lockdown, all these kind of things. People have mm. been cooped up, haven't they, in a way? And it's all getting yeah. out there and and kind of challenging yourself and, and and doing things that maybe you haven't done previously.
1: I think that's something, I yeah, you should challenge yourself. I think it's a, it's healthy to challenge yourself. It's healthy to push yourself. And that's how you inspire that growth and change within you to, to go and live the much fuller life. You know, if you keep limiting yourself, you're not really going Im- to – embrace life and what it has to offer we're only here once so we should enjoy it and you know unfortunately it took me two prison sentences to realize how amazing life is and should be enjoyed and lived
0: and in terms of people who they're interested in learning a bit more about you you mentioned the documentary and, and i know you've got some videos and things out you know where's the best place for them to find that information
1: um so i mean if you want to contact me or just follow me on social media it's at nomadic paddler uh, i do have a website which has been updated nomadicpaddler.co.uk. but i'm always you know happy for anybody to talk to me ask me any questions anything or, or if they want to come for a paddle then they're more than welcome
0: down in bournemouth
1: yeah sunny old bournemouth <laughs>
0: Well, thanks so much for joining me, David. Really, really appreciate your time on this sunny day and, and, and hope to you know, keep in touch. And, and I'll certainly pass on your, your details if, uh, if anyone's looking for any more information. So thank you so much for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for having me. So many thanks to David. And if you're interested in partnering with Pursue through our suite of individual team and school-wide coaching culture awards, please send me an email at hello at Pursue.com or visit our website Pursue.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Nicholas Mackay or Pursue. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and spread the word. We are proud to have developed a truly global and collaborative community. Take care and look forward to speaking to you again soon.